Welcome to Whoology, a real-world theology podcast that breaks down episodes of Doctor Who, hosted by myself and my lovely Whovian wife, Laura. Greetings. Laura, who is back from her death throes <laughs> last week. Yes. Who, at all costs, we tried to have on the show as normal as she is the co-host, but unfortunately that couldn't happen. Yeah. But you're alive now. My consciousness was downloaded to the nether sphere, but I have regained my body. <laughs> but you couldn't really understand what that was because it wasn't explained, <laughs> yeah. so you didn't know how to get it back? Is that what it happened? It was very complicated. That's why I was gone so long. <laughs> well, this is episode 11, and on this episode we are talking Dark Water, which is episode 11 of season 8. We've got lots of things going on in this episode, and most of them are not explained. <laughs> Which we're trying to give it the benefit of the doubt since it's a one-parter. And I was just reading that um, that it's the shorter of the parts because apparently we're going to get 60 minutes of part two. So um, that seems like quite a difference. Well, it's just an extra 15 minutes. Well, yeah, but a lot can happen in 15 minutes. Well, a lot cannot happen in 45 minutes. <laughs> so It's all going to make sense. Um, so, okay, so here's how I wanted to fence it. I did agree with one of the reviews that I was reading of this because basically as soon as this episode ended, I went to find people who were already talking about it because there's so much there that was thrown out at us in this first part of the, the two-part season finale of season eight that... I just wanted to get some other people's feelings on it because I had some very mixed feelings. And mm -hmm. I think the best way that it was described that I saw was when someone said, Dark Water could be a good episode or it could be a terrible episode. The trouble is that I can't fairly assess that until I have seen the whole story and we're only halfway home. Right. So there's a lot of great analogies in this episode that I can't wait to talk about here in the next few minutes. But there's also a whole bunch of stuff that just frustrated me and or made me roll my eyes and or just kind of let me down. And some of that had to do with the marketing of the episode, kind of being able to see some of the reveals. Yeah. Uh, some of it had to do with uh, having really high expectations for Stephen Moffat and having him always keep me guessing. But then, like... I'm guessing and I'm right and that never happens and I don't feel like it should happen wait how does that work <laughs> so so with Stephen Moffat like everything that he's done story arc wise like it almost always like it's something bigger and more grand and something that I could have never guessed oh I see what you're saying you're like oh my gosh it could be this or this let's you know let's, yeah, let's, all have let's our analyze and then it's like wah, wah. Well, and, and I think, yeah, I think that's the thing. Um, well, from the very first episode in season eight, there was a question of who Missy was. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if you've been listening to uh, the Whoology episodes, you know we're getting spoilers, so I don't, you know, if you haven't seen the episode, go watch the episode, because we're going to spoil everything. Whoology is a podcast that's all about talking about the episode spoilers. That, yeah, the episode that just happened. So, um... From the very first episode of the season, there was instant, you know, everyone goes to the Doctor Who forums, everyone has their blog posts, everyone has their podcasts, where they guess who Missy is, what the overarching theme is going to be. It's what we, like I said, it's what we expect from Stephen Moffat. Mm -hmm. Basically, most of the people that I read 
And my own suspicions were that Missy would be the master. Yeah. And she is. Yeah. And so... You just wanted it to be, like, more complicated. More I wanted it to be. I yeah. Like, I, I, it, I feel like it was one of those um, reverse, reverse things where... Reverse psychology. Yeah, it's like... It's not, it's not, it's not, it is! Yeah, it's so obvious that it is, so you obviously can't think that it is. <laughs> you know? So maybe that's how we were right wrong, but... <laughs> Um, so I mean, so like I said, so there's all this wrapped in this episode, and um, I feel probably the exact same way as that quote. You know, I feel right now this could, when I look back, this could be a good episode or this could be a terrible episode. Um, it really depends on what we get next week. So it's going to be really hard to assess the like the how much I enjoyed or didn't enjoy this episode. Mm-hmm. I would say right now I'm kind of like ah, I'm on the edge of my seat, being like. Okay. Yeah. No, so let's. Let, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Which I guess is what you want in a cliffhanger. So from that aspect, I would say it's good. But, yeah, so. I'm really interested to see what comes next. Um, my three um, like keywords for this episode are uh, flashy and dense and discombobulating <laughs> <laughs> because there was some really cool stuff in here um, visually. And especially in the, and you always, you always tell me to look up things before the episode, and then there are always things I forget to look up. The nether sphere, right? That's mm-hmm. not a word that I'm making up no, right now. Okay. Um, had some really cool visual stuff going on. Um, so that was, that, that's what I mean by flashy. I mean, even the volcano scene, there were some interesting shots um, that happened there. So visually, it was flashing. It was interesting to see. Um, it was dense. It was packed full of things going on. And and, <laughs> and I'm wondering, um, I think right now I'm feeling frustrated by some of them um, because if they're isolated events um, or like scenes that happened and we're just supposed to move on, I feel like... Um, I feel like maybe they were, they're not really serving any purpose except to be kind of self-indulgent or mm-hmm. to be manipul- emotionally manipulative to the audience. Um, but if they have a, a, a greater purpose in the second half, then I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to look for that and be excited about that. Um, so, yeah, it was really dense. You've got you've got uh, Clara dealing with, with her feelings about Danny's death. You have... Um, Clara and the doctor dealing with this concept of her betraying him. Are they on even footing? Um, how does he deal with her betrayal? You know, forgiveness. Um, you have um, Missy, her reveal as the doctor's um, um, arch nemesis. You have this idea of death. Where do people go when they die? Um, how do we treat or talk about the afterlife what do we think about it as a as a race so you've got a lot of stuff going on and i'm hoping that um that they all have a place to go in the next episode because i want them to be purposeful i want them to be full of meaning um but i i feel pretty safe in saying that for me the volcano scene i just wish it was gone i just (laughs) i have no love for that scene um Anyway, and and I would and my third keyword uh, discombobulating is because I feel <laughs> I feel nervous doing this episode because I feel like I'm just 
dumb and just didn't get some things. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Why did they do this? Why did they say this? Um, uh, why, like, why are they having them fill out forms and stuff in the nether sphere? Why aren't they just telling them, like, look, we downloaded your conscience? Like, why are they trying to trick them? I don't know. Um, so I feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm just confused, and that's my fault, and not anybody else's mm. fault. So, anyway, those are those are kind of like my initial thoughts about um, about this episode. Well, let's take let's start uh, taking some of those because I think one of the things that will stick out to lots of people, and I have noticed, uh, has been a a scene that is, is sticking with people, which I think says a lot, mm-hmm. especially for a podcast like this is the scene where Clara is surprised that the doctor will still help her mm-hmm. after she's basically betrayed him. And the doctor throws out this line, um, why do you think I care for you so little that betraying me could make a difference? Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that that line is resonating with people. Yeah. And this... I don't, I, I, I don't want to overreach and say unconditional love but this this loyalty this um compassion that the doctor has for clara i can only guess why people why it's resonating with people and i assume it's because people want other people to feel that way about them yeah i mean because that's how i want people to feel about me mm-hmm. and and not just anybody somebody who's like your hero yeah you so know? well and someone who when when they say that it has power yeah right and i think you know the reason it is resonating with me so much is because i love the fact that when this resonates with people i want to be like there is someone who feels that way about you mm-hmm. you know like in our faith this is how like we see things we see that we have like uh, the god of the universe Someone who's all-powerful. Someone who is... Uh, we always are probably going to let down. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the way we believe it, that we are constantly betraying. And he basically turns to us and says, Do you think I care for you so little that betraying me can make a difference? Mm-hmm. Basically in how he feels about us. And I think if more people saw their uh, their position with God that way the way that um, this Dr. Claire relationship is kind of playing out, mm-hmm. that it would give them a completely different perspective. I mean, I know we've had pastors in the past that always ask, you know, like, if, if you know, how would you describe your your position with God right now? And, you know, is he, like, he wagging an angry finger at you? Or is he disappointed in you? Mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera. And that is how most people feel when they think about their, their relationship Um or their relationship to religion or however they want to define it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, really unfortunate because, like I said, this is resonating with people. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think there's a reason for that. Yeah. And it comes at the end of a long season of um, of Clara being kind of all over the board, you know, and not really, sometimes not knowing what she wants, um, sometimes um, acting um, really emotional, um and taking things out on the doctor that maybe she shouldn't be. I think um, it's it's cool how he delivers that line, how he and even how he accepts or receives her betrayal of him. Um, there's no surprise there. I mean, he knows her 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he he completely understands where it's coming from. He completely knows her. He's not shocked by her behavior, really. Um, so that's a I I, I love that um, that it, that it's revealing that in this doctor because he's kind of been all over the board in terms of his feelings towards humans and you know like we haven't necessarily known what to think of his um relationship to humanity or to his companions but um this shows something very familiar about the doctor i think that um that i love yeah his his emotional engagement has left lots to be desired yeah (laughs) i would say but but see this is another thing and i know that we have in the past and we will in the future often relate the doctor himself to like a savior figure mm-hmm. or to a god figure which helps to a point <laughs> it's which, a metaphor which, that doesn't yeah. always um, yeah it's not always perfect yeah. but it also does give us some pretty interesting insights um because of what we want from the doctor mm-hmm. and because of what he can and can't give yeah and i really love this concept of even though i did not really care for the lava scene because it kind of was a a pull the pull the carpet out from under you kind of scene felt a little bit manipulative. It, I mean, it did, but it also <laughs> reminded me of how I basically feel like lots of interactions with God go um, because I I truly believe that when we are out, you know, when we do something against God, God isn't out to like destroy us Mm -hmm. he usually basically just says well if that's what you really want to do do it right and so in the in this uh imperfect metaphor Mm -hmm. we basically have the doctor saying i can tell you're upset except you know he's not saying this he can see that something's going on with clara and so he basically lets it play out and give like turns turns her uh will and it turns turns the situation over to her will just to let her play it out mm-hmm. just to see how far she would go yeah um you know and first she experiences kind of the the consequences of her decision um in that she like feels the pain of her own material of something she loves but then he ultimately saves her from truly experiencing those consequences mm-hmm. eternally you know and like I said, not a perfect metaphor, but it did remind me of that. Like, you know, lots of uh, it's like the when uh, when like C.S. Lewis describes you know hell and stuff. You know, hell isn't uh, you know God hasn't sent anyone to hell. You know, everyone has chosen hell, mm-hmm. and you, it's hard to reconcile that. Yeah. Um, so like this concept that uh, being outside of God's will, or well, now now we're getting really deep into the theological, depending <laughs> on where what what side of the spectrum we're on. But you know. Um, being apart from God is basically God just saying, like, you know, well, okay, your will be done then yeah. instead of my will be done. So <clears throat> just practically, are we saying then that um, – here's my confusion coming in. Are we saying that the doctor already knew that Danny was dead when she got on the TARDIS? I don't necessarily know. I think you could tell that she was incredible like – she was being weird. He pointed out that she was – like something was different. Right. You know, he, he's like, usually you say – you know, like children or school or grading or whatever, mm-hmm. like you're, you're trying to run away from something and you don't answer that way. So I think he knew something was up. I just don't um, think he necessarily knew maybe specifically. And like I said, once again, that's why it's an imperfect metaphor. Um, and one of the reasons that I also did not care for the scene. Ultimately, I love the scene while it was happening. And then 
once we realized that and can't we just stop for a second and maybe maybe we did miss something because I think we both turned to each other and like can't he just snap the doors of the TARDIS open? I yeah I I um I'm su- I'm surprised that you enjoyed that scene. I didn't enjoy the scene while it was happening at all. I was so distracted just by this fact that like it seemed very important to me to understand why was it so devastating that the keys would be destroyed like they set up this whole thing about how the doctor could snap open the doors of the TARDIS and Clara can even do it she did it in like the first episode of season seven Mm -hmm. so um that was very distracting to me that 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 just practically was not explained in a way that that I could like emotionally get on board with like oh my gosh the stakes are really high the stakes Mm -hmm. didn't feel high to me at all and so so her emotions meant nothing to me. Her and you know his like shock or whatever at her throwing them in the lava. So that I think that really that one simple thing really destroyed that whole scene for me. Um, I mean I think there are some interesting things being said about um, how that what that reveals about how she feels about Danny ultimately when you know sometimes we're like oh does she does she really love him if she's lying to him blah 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 but. Um, you know, and I think, so I think the scene is doing some interesting things in other ways, but I, because of that fact, I could not get on board with it, and it just still is <laughs> not resonating with me at all. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, this may be skipping ahead to actually likes and dislikes, but I mean, conceptually in this scene, since we're going to uh, talk, since we're obviously talking about it, the, I love Capaldi in this scene. I love the doctor's rationale and what it tells us about the doctor and like how he argues, you know, he's like, some things can, you know, some things can change, some things can't. And I just know what they are and I do what I can to change them, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then what he's arguing, it's just, it's just great. He's like, you you know, look, this is what it's going to create. You know it, I know it. So I'm not going to bend. And I guess, you know, the, the question is looking back would he have reacted the same way if he didn't know it was a dream, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or, like I said, maybe there's something that suddenly we can't snap the doors of the TARDIS open. But Also, he's saying he can't do that because it's a paradox. But then he says, okay, let's go get Danny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, they're going to rescue Danny. They're not going to reverse what happened to him. Okay. Because Clara wants to go back in time and stop him from dying in the first place. They're actually going to go to where he's dead. Gotcha. And so they're not they're not hypothetically creating a paradox. Okay. Know, in this science fiction, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm totally down with all of that. So, <laughs> which is the which is the irony of it all. I'm like, oh yeah, let's go to um, let's go to the afterlife. This is really cool. Um, but I'm really hung up on the fact that <laughs> they didn't explain the keys. Yeah. So I understand the irony of the situation. Well, Continue. so the the other thing that frustrates me about that scene is the fact that. To me, it's very typical of what frustrates me lots of times with Stephen Moffat. It's what frustrated me at the end of uh, season seven when Clara did not die. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like Moff- namely the stakes are not yes, like really that like high. Moffat writes scenes that have incredibly high stakes, mm-hmm. and then he cheats so those stakes were never that high in the first place. Yeah, they were only high when you were watching them the first time. So the first time through, like I'm on the edge of my seat, but watching it like subsequent watches, I'm like, it doesn't matter anyway. Right. You know, like don't 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 sit here and give me like a ten minute speech about how you can't jump back into your own timeline. Because then it'll blow up the entire universe, only to be like, oh, Claire's in there, and now she's basically sacrificed herself and done one of the most noble things ever. Well, I'm not only going to go undo this incredibly noble thing she's done Mm -hmm. by making it not a sacrifice anymore, but I'm also going to break the rules that I just made up. Right. So now there are no real consequences. Um, And... Like I said, I know that's an oversimplification, so if you want to argue about that, I completely understand because I I acknowledge that I'm oversimplifying that. Mm -hmm. But that's another thing here. Like, oh my gosh, okay, we forget the snapping thing and the keys are really gone. Mm -hmm. We've just created a real big problem. Yeah. Oh, except we haven't, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, okay, so... We're gonna there. Like I said, there's so many analogies in this thing that I want to hit them all before we talk about just likes and dislikes. And there's one major one that I want to talk about really quickly, and that is conceptually. Again, for this show, when we start talking about theology and theme and stuff like that, one of the one of the things that we love that Doctor Who does is make normal things seem really terrifying. Yeah, you know. And this is uh, what we saw in like Silence in the Library. Um, this is what we've seen, you know, with Blink. Like these are the empty child. Yeah, the empty. These <laughs> the, these are like things that have found ways to take normal things and turn them into really, really disturbing things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we actually learn what the three words are, the three scariest words, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like don't cremate me. And so, I mean, I know that's freaking me out because I was like. <laughs> I don't see why I need to take up space in the dirt, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't know. Because he comes up with this great concept. And this is the, this is the, this could be a good episode. This could be a terrible episode to me because there were, there was lots to me that was terrible that hasn't been explained yet, but there's lots of good. There's this good, this great, awesome concept. Um, when they talk about, think if a, you know, think if a fetus could call another fetus, basically. And they were describing life mm-hmm. in the womb. And then one day they were born and they were like, well, I guess this is goodbye. You know, I don't understand anything. Else. You like, can't comprehend right. life Right. This outside. is my only world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, but there's another world. And he's basically like, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing to me, and this is something that Mark and I was actually, were actually talking about on the last episode, of these ways that people who are not or don't have any faith at all, mm-hmm. like they don't have any really any spiritual life. Um, uh, I mean, for the most part, you know, people who are self-proclaimed atheists or agnostics at best. Are you talking about the writers? The, the writers of the, of the show, okay, um, uh, are basically coming up with concepts of life outside of what we see mm-hmm. and how they interpret that. Yeah, and it's just really interesting because this whole concept of "Hey, your body dies." But something of you lives on, mm-hmm. and it just becomes a different type of life. Like, life doesn't end. It's just a life that you can't understand. Yeah. And the funny thing is the crux of this episode is arguing that something happens to the body that we could never understand because we can't see past the physical death of a body. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, my gosh. 
I, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's arguing that it's so ridiculous that it would have to either be science fiction or make-believe fantasy religion. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, I um, I wish that we had just gotten to, like, the, the three-word corporation sooner. Like, the mm-hmm. whole thing about... I mean, there were so many good things. Um, <laughs> visually, it was really cool. Um, I even thought, like... That the the Cyberman reveal thing was cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, the explanation of the three words where it got its name. I loved all that stuff. Um, I wish we got into it sooner and that we could have explored that place a little bit more. And um, and this, I mean, it's a huge elaborate construct that presumably the master or Missy has has developed solely for her purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really what it seems to be on the outside, which is an organization that helps people, that tries to um, tries to inform people about what's really happening, meaning, yeah. you know, that there's life beyond, you know. Um, it's a very interesting construct, and I think it has, like, a it has a lot of spiritual questions that you can ask about, like what happens to us after death and and do we go somewhere else and um, can people contact us and all that kind of stuff. And I'm really hoping that it has somewhere else to go in the next episode because, um, I don't know, do you feel like, is there still mystery or has has this episode, have the writers already explained that away? Have they already said, obviously not, because they're... If, you know, we're saying, oh, maybe there's an afterlife, but then you're showing that there's not, that it's all fake, that it's all constructed for somebody's purposes. Oh, I don't feel like they've, at least from where I was watching, it didn't look like they actually came down. They threw out an idea, and mm-hmm. I still can't tell if that idea is something that they're saying, this is what happens, mm-hmm. or this piece of Time Lord technology is basically stealing people's consciences at the last second. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they're not, they're not really dead, which is still interesting because it's introducing the concept that there's like something in a person beyond their, like beyond their intelligence or their, mm-hmm. you know, that there's presumed like maybe a soul. We can yeah. call it a soul. Um, yeah, that that's interesting. Maybe that maybe it still has places to go. So I'm hoping they clarify because I still don't think we understand. Uh, I, well. I, I, yeah, I definitely think we do not understand the Masters in game, mm-hmm. and I don't think we're going to understand that until you know, hopefully, hopefully next episode. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens then. Um. And I do want to talk. I do want to talk a little bit about Missy as the Master. <laughs> um, I. I mean, I know we talked about how we wanted it to be more complicated than it was. It's really not very complex that she is that she is who she is. But I think that Gomez did a pretty excellent job of being the master. Oh yeah. She was exactly what I remember the master being, which is this cold calculated um but almost almost um fun and funny kind of, you know, crazy combination. So I think she's doing a great job. She's definitely reminiscent of um, of a character that we already knew, which is cool because they're they're even different sexes, and so that she's able to embody this thing that we already know um, in a whole new way is really interesting. I um, it does make me 
sad in the sense that I feel like I was really satisfied with the end of the master and um, in the end of time. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was some redemption and that he sacrificed himself, maybe not intentionally for the doctor. It was really still for himself, an act of revenge. Um, but um, I... I hope that that doesn't undo some of that redemption, that um, that there's something more to the master than just this insanity that, mm-hmm. it, you know, that it was, it came from somewhere, you mm-hmm. know, that he does have an origin and um, maybe it's not all his fault um, or her. I guess we have to call it her now. But uh, I thought she did a great job. She was um, really entertaining to watch. And so I'm ex- I'm actually excited to see her in the next episode and see mm. how she continues to develop. Well, as we wrap up this part one of our season finale, uh, is there are there any dislikes that you really want to hit on real quick? Mm, I think I pretty much said what I wanted to about the volcano scene. That was really, that was a bust for me. That was mainly it? That was it? I was going to say, I think we basically hit on mine as well. Like, the, the fact that, to me, the master was kind of a letdown. I mean, it's cool, but... I didn't want to see it coming Um, because for all my complaints of Moffat as a showrunner, the thing that I I really always liked about Moffat was the fact that he would keep me guessing. Sometimes I would roll my eyes. Maybe lots of times I would roll my eyes, but I would always be guessing. And I don't feel like, I mean, maybe he was, like I said, I don't understand. But that, and like I said, the, 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 the Moffatness of having the lava, the, the volcano scene where high stakes and then the, the rug is pulled back and they weren't high stakes. Yeah. So, like we always do, let's end on a positive note. Some things that re- you really did like about this episode. Um, I like, how may I assist you with your death? <laughs> like, I, I just like um, the dark humor that... Um, is available in that in the construct of like the three words corporation Mm -hmm. and what it offers to people and i love that i think that is such a rich like central theme that can be that is available to be developed this idea that like um not just us as the viewer but the people that missy is trying to dupe like they are so concerned about what comes up after their life that they're willing to fall like hook, line, and sinker for this message she's giving them, like falling into her plan, Mm -hmm. which seems to be what the master is always capable of doing, is manipulating people into doing what he wants them to do by playing off of a fear of theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I think that's that's really cool. Really, I'm I'm digging Missy pretty pretty well. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, yeah, so that's why the master is is my dislike and my like. <laughs> because I, I did think uh, Missy as a... The master is a woman in general. I thought that was great. Uh, lots of people were very excited because uh, to them it means that... Or they're, they're under the assumption that the master is regenerated and regenerated as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, though, I mean, and that's highly likely, but not yet technically confirmed. Mm-hmm. So they're excited for the concept that the doctor himself could be a woman at some point. Yeah. Um, hey, maybe Moffat is really pulling our legs. Maybe it's just somebody who thinks they're the master. Uh-oh. We don't even know. We don't technically know yet. We're not going to know until so. Next week. So we're complaining about nothing. But, <laughs> so uh, I love. I, like I said, there, there are lots of little things. This is kind of like last episode as well, where there's like l- little lines that I really enjoyed. I, I love when um, 
Dr. Chang was reading the, the psychic paper and he said, why is there all this swearing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really, I really love the, like you've said that there's this mystery, like this, uh, this concept that they've, they've kind of hit upon in part one. And I'm interested to see where it goes in part two. Um, so there, there's a lot to like. Like I said, lots of lots of little things that um, I want I want built on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, I wish the marketing didn't tell me that there was going to be Cybermen in this, and because it, w- it would have made the dark water concept way more interesting. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, okay, so we all know what Cybermen, right? Because we saw the preview. Yeah. One of the reasons I don't like watching previews typically. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have I have a pretty big sense of dread for whatever they're going to do with Clara because I'm just so sick of Clara being like more than she seems. Oh my gosh. And like, (laughs) and that's, I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid (laughs) based on the marketing. It's going to be like, Oh snap. She's something else. (laughs) She's a Cyberman. And then we're all like, what? She's Um, the master. Yeah. Just because, yeah, that can't be true. Too much. You know why? Because Shownuff's the master. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Left field. Left field. So, um, but like I said, we're going to find out hopefully way more next week. And then we'll be able to properly come back and and understand what we've seen in this episode. Um, uh, Oh, I did want to mention really quickly that uh, the whole Danny with the kid that he uh, killed accidentally... Uh, the kid's reflection being in the little iPad mm-hmm. right there at the end. Uh, I'm interested to see where that goes because it looks like he's going to be the one that stops him from yeah. deleting himself, et cetera, et cetera. So, oh yeah, that that is one like that I was going to write down and I forgot to was that I actually like um, I actually really liked the scene where he lets Clara go by saying over and over again that he loves her. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, like I said, dense. There's dense. so much in this episode that we could talk about. So many things are happening. And all of them feel a little bit like loose ends. So hopefully they get um, tied up next week. Yep. So we want to know what your loose ends were. We want to know how you felt about part one. Did it do what you wanted it to? Did it not? Uh, do you feel like this is teetering on the good, the good slash terrible precipice? Um, or did you just flat out like it? Or did you just, have you resigned yourself not to like it? Did you see the master coming a while away? Like I said, so many things going on in this episode. Uh, we want to know how you felt. We want to keep the conversation going. Um, so if you want to connect with the show, go to www.realworldtheology.com slash whoology or download the show on iTunes. Uh, just like I said, keep commenting and we'll keep commenting back. We'll have conversations that last a lot longer than this 30-minute podcast. Um, I want to give a shout out. Our theme song was written and recorded by Sundar and Relic. And you, if you want to find out more about Sundar and Relic, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Sundar and Relic. And until the end of season eight. Man, that's crazy. That was fast. Yeah. Um, when we get to talk about everything else, we're reminding you to always take a banana to a pot. Bye. Bye.